0: Welcome to Sisterhood Speaks, hosted by Pastor Tracy Breland and moderated by me, Rose Hamerly. Sisterhood Speaks is all about giving women a voice to tell their story. So thanks for tuning in as Sisterhood Speaks. Hello, welcome to Sisterhood Speaks. We are so excited for all you girls to be listening in. And uh, if it's your first time listening to Sisterhood Speaks, we just want you to know that these are girls from all around the world uh, sharing their story. And we really do believe that um, our story is what we're called to share. And as sisters share their story, it helps other sisters that might be in the middle of that. And they could see and learn and hear um, from people that want to Speak Up. And so I just am a strong believer in Sisterhood Speaks. And so we have an extra special guest today. Uh, it's Beverly Carter. Beverly, would you say hey to everyone? Hey. I love this woman. I actually met her 10 years ago when um, my husband and I planted a church here in Mobile, Alabama. And we're both in Mobile, Alabama. And so um, I believe, Beverly, was it the first Sunday? Not
1: the very first, but literally, (laughs) Literally, we
0: were still in the gym. I just remember, I still, uh it's the weirdest thing. I still remember I was down putting books under a table, and I looked up, and uh, there stood Beverly and her husband, Peter. And um, literally, that was just printed in my mind. I think God just did it because He was letting me know that these were special people. And they've helped us all along. Beverly uh, has helped me with the... The preschool in our church for years. She's she's really gifted with um, children and women, and so I'm so excited that you guys get to hear a little bit from her heart. She really does have a heart of gold, and her faithfulness to me is I just can never pay back. I don't want to cry. She always makes me cry, <laughs> but it's not just me. The more people I get to that I talk to people about Beverly everyone says, that she has um, such a heart for women, and she really has a gift in encouraging women. Uh, There was many times after our first sisterhood or all kinds of things, Beverly, if I prayed a prayer, you would always come up and tell me, you're doing so good. (laughs) (laughs) And I just felt like it was a big sister. And so, you Uh know, sisters encourage sisters. So I know you guys are going to Love her story and her journey that she's going to share with you today. So Beverly, right off the bat, um, I know your story, and I know it goes back a bit. So would you share a little bit about the beginning of this journey and um, some of the valleys and the mountains and where it all began with us?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I was born and raised in Mobile, so I think I just need to kind of say that my mother and father were divorced, too, when I was in the third grade, so I know that there are women out there that are going, you know, that have kids, and and they're trying to struggle and deal with that, but I came out fine. My mother ended up raising me and my younger brother for so long on her own, but, you know, God was always there. He was always so faithful. Um, she remarried, and I had stepsisters that were my little sisterhood for a few years uh, and we, you know, we're all baptized together. We went to Hollinger's Island Baptist Church, and it was Aww. great. But then she divorced, and, you know, it was me and my little brother again with mother. So, you know, it's just been a rocky road in my my younger years. Mm-hmm. But uh, my mother loved me so much, and, you know, we always knew that. My daddy loved me, too, and I'd go see him on weekends. But there's nothing like a mother's love. I, I, I know you know that. Right. And uh, so uh, then I grew up. Got married and everything was good. Just knew I was going to have kids all my life, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. You know, I got pregnant five times and just never mm-hmm. could carry. Mm-hmm. I went five months one time and then I lost it or I had to go in and be, you know, induced, and mm-hmm. it was just really hard. And then in right. 1999, I'd been married for 16 years, and my husband died suddenly with a heart attack, wow. and I'm like wow, you know, my whole world just fell apart. And, you know, but God is so good and so faithful. And he just carried me through every step of the way. And then um, the company I work for sent me over to London, England for Mm -hmm. a meeting. And that's where I met my sweet Peter that you know. (laughs) He has just rocked my world. He changed my life. He, He taught me to live again, you know, and he's taught me to, appreciate nature and birds and the outdoors and just a complete different atmosphere from what i was used to before and um and that beautiful enough yeah about my joy Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. helped me to enjoy my life again so that's kind of where i started and then
0: (laughs) and then i know and it's a uh it it's a journey. I mean, I know you couldn't come to Sisterhood Conference this last week or so, but um little David, which you know him as little and now he's he is big. Not loving. <laughs> but we had him sing that Beatles song. It's a long and winding road. Right. And uh it is. I mean, that's called life and there's many highs and then there's some lows and that's just part of life. And um even at that sisterhood conference, a girl came up to me and said, I just met I was adopted. I just met my real sister, and she was just like, yeah, she yeah. was she was overwhelmed with it. And um, that's all I could say is it's a long and winding road. And I know that's it's not wrong. even a Christian song, but I, I believe God speaks to us and just letting us know that, you know, it is, but we keep going. And yeah. uh, the story, it is scary sometimes, but then sometimes it's beautiful. And I'm so glad. We're so thankful for Peter, and I know he loves birds yeah. and <laughs> flowers, and that's how God That just, God has a way of sending us a bouquet of flowers through people. And so I'm glad you got Peter too. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go on with your story. No, no,
1: that's fine. So um, I was diagnosed with breast, my first round of breast cancer in 1999. And then again in June of 2020. And um, really Peter and I just found the first one, to be honest, you know, and I immediately called my doctor, went and, um, got it checked out and once we knew it was cancer, you know, of course I was devastated because my cousin had died six months earlier from breast cancer. So Mm -hmm, I knew I was too, you know, and I think when you first find out you're just so scared of the unknown, you know, it's, you don't know what to expect, but once you get on with your treatment, everything, I think it's a little easier because you you know what's going to happen when you go to chemo and everything. So I did do chemo and did radiation and, um,
0: and how you old know, were you, Beverly, then?
1: I was 44.
0: And how long have you been I'm married 40, to Peter? 20... No, I mean when you found 20,
1: 20. out. Oh, two years. Yeah, it was okay. real. We were newlyweds. So.
0: Right. That, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, we hadn't been married very long at all. We got married in 97, cancer in 99, and... Um, Yeah, and, you know, he was so good through the whole thing, through chemo. He'd go with me, hold my hand, you know, and then when I lost my hair, he was there to shave it off, and I was crying, you know, and and all that. But uh, he was so good, and just, you know, God was just so faithful. He just carried us every step of the way, and I think this time it was really different, though, because— I was in a different season of life. You know, we've gone through the pandemic, and I'm by ourselves, you know, at the time, but I can't just can't tell you the importance of having Christian friends and, you know, my church and my small group and just mm-hmm. everybody, how they rallied around me, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, if these women that are listening aren't involved with uh, a small group or some kind of sisterhood, uh, they don't know what they're missing. You know, the women right. in my life, uh, even through my Mary Kay um, my Mary Kay sisters have been awesome too. You know, i was right. getting cards from people all over that I don't even know, but they know know me. You know, right. Right. I mean, they know my heart. Right. <laughs> and they would call and encourage me, and uh, it it just means the world to have people that that you can rely on, and you know, and, and reach out to when you need them. So
0: right. Well, yeah. um, somebody else during this. Um, of course, we're still in 2020. Going through the uh, quarantine and all that thing, they they entered a very uh, stormy time in their family, and they came to the church several times and just asked us to pray and you know mask and the whole thing. But um, it was like during this time, what the Lord showed me is that God created home and He created family, but He also created church family, and Mm -hmm. there there are times that your family can't take the storm by itself. Right. You, you have to have a church family and you have to have more, whether it's meals or prayer or comfort. But I just think it's so great that I don't want to call church family a backup plan, but it was God's Maybe maybe bigger support, uh, because I know I've had times in my life that I've been overwhelmed with life. Yeah, family and church family, they they really are the difference between sinking and swimming, you know, uh, surviving and going on to thriving is what God wants us to be. So I know... I know that you have many, many friends because you're such a good person, but tell, I know that, okay, you got diagnosed with breast cancer then, and then it came back during the first time you identified it yourself, but this second time, uh, how did you find out by it? About well, it. I went
1: for my regular mammogram, and I've been having some trouble issues anyway with my breast, full, I think, you know, for the last year and a half or whatever. Right. But I still wasn't concerned about it because every test they had done, it wasn't cancerous, you know, fluid uh-huh. they were pulling out wasn't cancerous. And uh, But I had my mammogram, and they sent me, said, we well, see something, we need you to go have an ultrasound. And then that led to a biopsy, and the biopsy said, yes, you know, it was cancer again, and because I'd had radiation, on my breast before I wasn't a candidate for a lumpectomy and radiation again. So that's when they decided I should do the mastectomy. And I'd been having issues with my other breasts too. So ended up having a double mastectomy. Yeah. And um, so, and then the reconstruction, and that was really hard. You know, the first time when I was going through uh, my treatments and everything, I was able to still work. And I'd do my chemo on Friday, go back to work on Monday, even during radiation. I'd do it early in the morning, Monday through Friday, and then still go to work. And um, But during that time, the nurse had told me one time when I was doing my chemo, she said, your attitude will really make a difference in your treatment, you know, and I'll never forget those words. Mm -hmm. And I tried to stay positive through the whole time, the whole, you know, Mm -hmm. always Peter was always encouraged me, you know, come on, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's get out. Let's, you know, not really giving in. And I took, talking about friends and, and family and everything, took all my cards and letters that I had and put them all across the bar in my kitchen. So that if I'd start feeling sorry for myself, I'd look up and I'd see all those people that were praying for me and that loved me. And, you know, it would, it would lift my spirits again. So that positive attitude, you know, was what really helped me go through it the first time this time it was a little different because we were so isolated, you know, right. and, um, I still got the cards and letters, and I still put them up, and it's still. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a little harder because, um, you know, God was always with me. I never right. doubted that for right. a minute. But it was just it was a a, a little struggle for me. I'll admit, right. you know. Right. But I've got my joy back. I think that's Good. the thing that I missed the most, mm-hmm. is when I was so sick and going through that, and I had some complications and everything, right. and I just mm-hmm. thought, ah. Oh, You know, but you know there was something missing, and it was my joy, and I don't want anything to take my joy. You know, that's right.
0: That's right. Uh, Well, one of the that was one of the questions I had for you is, you know, how did you cope with these feelings, and how did you keep hope? And I know you said the first time, you know, you had a lot of people around you, and that is how we survive. And I, I think. During this 2020, I think that's made it clearer to us than ever that obviously we need God, but we all need people too. So in this time, uh, so obviously we will get through this quarantine, and you basically said it was your hope and the people and your attitude that kept you sailing. But in this time of being alone, uh, what, what do you think was the one thing that um, kept your head above water?
1: Always, God. You know, I would be reading a devotional or something, and there was always just the word I, I needed to hear when I needed to hear it. Uh, there was a song that would come on the radio, just something that always reminded me of God's promises that He was always with me. He never leave me, and uh, you know, it just gave me my strength. Um, I, I was nervous, but I wasn't fearful ever. You know, yeah. and um, just, um, just God.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they say that God is always talking, but when you're in pain, He is shouting. And I don't know if, you know, being a woman, I don't know if I want the word shouting, but He's very clear, right. I think. And so I love the stories of Corey Timbu when she talks about reading the Bible in, when she was in prison. And she said sometimes she would have to feel the ink because she felt like God had just written it for her. Aww. And I was like, I have been that place in my life where I'm like, I've read this before, but it didn't mean this much. And so, yeah, God is so faithful. And you don't want anyone to have to walk through hard things, but in all reality, we all are going to have to. But I can't imagine going through them um, without God. I think think that's why the world, many people in the world are in trouble today because they're trying to conquer these things without God, and you can't. And so I know that you said God, especially in this time, was the biggest... um, Uh, basically that kept you your hope floating uh do you how do you see god using these things that you've been through to help others
1: well i'm more uh compassionate for people when they're going through something you know i always try to reach out send cards or you know call and it's so funny um You know, Lisa Strong, her niece had gone through breast um, cancer, mm -hmm. and uh, so I had sent her a card and sent her a couple of things and and wrote her some notes and everything, and so then when I got sick this last time, she wrote me back, and she said, when your drains come out, it's going to be so much better. So it was kind of like give and take. You know, whatever you give, it comes back to you. And so the day that I got my dreams out, I, I texted her and I said, you're right. I do feel so much better now, you know. So uh, just awesome. all the encouragement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, being able to do that. And, you know, I did get involved early on last time when I had it with the Look Good, Feel Better through American Cancer Society, which is a great program for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Relay of Life for Life, of course, has always been Big, uh, just they do so much, and I think I was telling you about when I went in the hospital for my surgery this last time that uh, they gave me a bag and it told what you need to know about mastectomies. and it also had a a heart shaped pillow. I think right. I showed it to yeah. you. And uh, I remember laying there one morning near Connor and just had them under my arms and just you know kind of not feeling really good. And I said, I hope the women that made these realize how much it meant to yeah. me. And I still need to write a letter to them that have it. I mean, it's something that, that wasn't huge, but it was big to me mm-hmm. at that moment because it meant so much to me. So the American Cancer Society, I can't say enough about what they do to make people, women aware right. and, um, and just kind of keep the focus on it. So, uh,
0: that's right. Uh, after Shelly Mitchell went through, I went to visit her, and she had two little heart pillows, and she didn't even look at them as hearts. I was like, oh, Shelly, this is a heart. And so I don't know if you remember a few sisterhoods ago, we made a bunch of heart pillows and put sisterhood on them and passed them out to the hospitals. And we need to do that again because she said it helped her in so many ways. It helped comfort her under her arm, but also made her realize that People's hearts were for her, and I think it's that's so right. beautiful. I love it when yes. women do things that are necessary, but then they add a little beauty to it. That's how that's, right. that's how God made us. But uh, when you were saying, whatever you sow, you'll reap. And uh, after I had Caroline and kind of started getting some healing, this scripture I hung on to a lot. It was in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 and 4. It said, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort." Mm. Does you love that? And yeah, okay. says, "Who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort others when they're That's in right. trouble." And with that comfort that we received ourselves, we we are comforted by God. We comfort others, and I'm like, I've hung on to that because I was always realizing that there's going to be something good come out of this. And absolutely, I, like you, I always love to take care of people. I've done it since yeah. you know you since. <laughs> I, there's pictures of me with my little brothers on my hip. I just love to take care of people, and I know you do too. And so, this is the silver lining in it that when someone's going through something, we're going to go, "Oh no, it's going to be okay." And uh, you do definitely reap what you sow in this sense. And so, um, uh, so if you know, breast cancer awareness is this month. And so, what would be the one thing that you would tell women of all ages? Uh, what they need to be aware of.
1: Well, definitely do monthly breast exams. You know, you're never too young. And if you feel anything, you know, it might feel like a little pee, contact your doctor. Don't just let it sit there and, you know, reach out, check on it. Um, just self-awareness, I think, is the biggest thing.
0: Yes, self-awareness. I was in um, Dothan mm-hmm. with Annie. You know, she's in medical school. And so it was so funny. I looked up and... If people that aren't from the South, we're not used to everyone saying, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, (laughs) yes, ma'am. And so a big old billboard said, yes, ma'am, I got my breast exam. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it was so funny. So I was like, we need Um, all the girls to ask all of their sisters, hey, have you had your breast exam? And then hopefully, yes, (laughs) yes, we hear a yes, ma'am, I have my breast exam. That's right. It's not a fun thing, but it's part of life and it's part of being an adult and uh there is hope when you catch it like you were saying
1: absolutely
0: well before we let you go tell me of the a one and i know you're gonna say it's god and friends so i don't even know if i need to ask you this but (laughs) maybe a scripture what what is the one constant thing that has carried you through this part of your journey
1: well i think he's always put people in my path to help me walk through it you know um from Peter the first time and and Peter this time too, of course, he's been great with everything, but, um, just, um, friends, family. Um, but God never left my side. You know, I have to always say that he was always there and I never felt alone.
0: That's good. That's good. Well, Beverly, you're certainly a joy and I'm glad that you crossed my path. I thank God for you many times. And I've prayed for you through this and we every little two and three year old in this church loves you but also (laughs) all the ladies love you so much and we're so glad to hear that you're doing better and that you're out to make us all aware and we could not love you more and i know this story is going to help people and so thank you so much beverly carter we look forward to everyone hearing your story and you have a great day we love you you too love you Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes right when they're available. And for updates on the podcast, you can like us on Facebook at South Coast Church Sisterhood and follow us on Instagram at South Coast Sisterhood.